You are now listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your host, Mario E. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Dad Rules Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mario E. And Kid, what's going on? Not much, man. Just glad to be here. We got a special episode today, man. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, let's talk about it, man. Get, get into it. Tell us who we got today. All right. So we have our first guest on the Dad Rules Podcast, and it's Thomas Carter. This is Mario E's daughter, Asia's biological father. And he's going to come on here today and talk to us about fatherhood and parenting. Welcome to the podcast, Thomas. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Delighted to be here. Uh, looking forward to um, looking forward to um, going through this discussion with you guys. Right. Just happy to be here. Right. That's what's up. So, Mario, you wanna you want me to go ahead and start us off? Yeah, go ahead and kick us off, bro. All right. So we just wanted to sit down with you two and just talk about the struggles and everything that you all had to go through over the years, you know, co-parenting and, and raising a daughter together. Um, so I want to start off asking you some questions, Thomas. Um, first thing, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, let's start off with talking about your relationship with you and your dad. Okay. Um, my name is Thomas Carter, as as the uh, introduction said. Um, I'm 40 years old. I'm currently a um, police lieutenant, and um, um, Aja is my daughter, and she is uh, the 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 light of my world. She is my everything. Awesome. And um, uh, I'm happy that she is she is just a tremendous daughter, and um, you know. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm glad to be here and, and, and I'm excited about, uh, the discussion. Um, you wanted to know about what now? Yeah. Tell us about your relationship with your dad. That's kind of what we start off with. We always like to talk about, you know, relationships with our dads because we know that our dads were really like in most cases or in some cases, they're the first teacher of telling us how to be a father. So I just wanted to kind of get into your past and just find out what kind of relationship did you have with your dad, and uh, we can go from there. Right. Oh, well, um, just to share some light on that, raised by a single parent, uh, um, myself and my siblings. Uh, I never really had a father in my life. Um uh, I knew my father. He was incarcerated for a, a certain period of time when uh, I was growing up. And then I believe when I got about uh, 11 or 12 years old, my father was um, released from prison. And he um, he came around and, and showed um, a small, um, a, 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 well, he, he came in my life for a small amount of time, uh, but it wasn't uh, uh, consistent. And uh, it was it's pretty much off and on, but I I I, I know who he was, and um, uh, um, but but yeah, I was raised by a single parent. Um, my mother was the um, was the uh, pilot of my my entire family. She um, kept us all together, and um, God rest her soul. She's passed away as well. Um, 
but but yeah, uh, she she did a great job raising me and my siblings. But no, I I I didn't have a father in growing up in in my life uh, that was consistent. Now, um, like I said, we asked that question because we know that our fathers have a lot of influence over us. So, like, can you talk about some of the struggles that you had not having dad there? And um, you said that you knew him, but you know he was in your life for a little bit, and he went away again. Can you tell us like some of the struggles that you had to battle with growing up and dad not being there? Well, uh, one of one of the biggest struggles um, that I've had was uh, accepting the fact that you know uh, my dad wasn't there. I mean, that's just the biggest struggle when you see your friends. Um, that you're growing up with fathers in their lives and things like that. And then you want your dad uh, in your life. Uh, it plays a very significant role uh, when we're talking about um, uh, your success stories and growing up in a structured home. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we know that statistically, you know, uh, kids that's brought up, you know, and, and pretty much, impoverished neighborhoods um a lot of fathers back then won't in a kid's life and this is this is um this has been statistically proven but now uh thank god that we're seeing a um a trend where there are more more and more black fathers in the children's lives but yeah it um it was it was a struggle and it was it, it was tough to to accept but um uh, like I said before, I, I I I don't I don't really dwell on that because my mother played a very significant role in my life, and I also had uh, several mentors that stepped up and um, took me under their wing and um, and kind of you know helped guide me in the right direction. Uh, at some point in my childhood, I was straying away. I I, I you know started. Um, doing things that I wasn't supposed to do. But um, like I said, there were there were people that were pivotal in my life, um, men that stepped up and um, and uh, helped me uh, guide me in the right direction. Um, but yes, it was a it was a, 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 a terrible struggle growing up without a father. Yes. Yes, it was. Can you talk about some of those men that helped you along the way and some of the things that they did? Or if you want to mention some of them, yeah, sure. Um, one of one of the uh, uh, guys in my life, he's my godfather right now. His name is Gerald Holmes, um, and um, Gerald Holmes pretty much um, took me under his wing, along with uh, a lot of my other close friends, Jerry and Younger, and he, um, you know, told us right and wrong and do things for like sure our grades were good and. Made sure we were staying out of trouble, and uh, those type of things were very impactful. Uh, also, I, I have um, six uncles um, uh, <laughs> on my mother's side, and uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, if, if 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 you know, my family is very very close. Uh -huh. uh, you know, I pride my family for being so close, so so tight knit. And um, if if my uncles uh, had any kind of inclination that you know I was I was doing anything I wasn't supposed to be doing, my uncles would step in and, and pretty much uh, 
um, you know, do what they got to do when it comes to me. Uh, so, so, you know, all these, all these men and, and, and let me, let me just say this, my uncles, my uncles, every one of them, each and every one of them were men. They took care of their children and uh, their children, you know, grew up went to college and so on and so forth. But uh, they are, they are very, very, very good men. And, and we talk about role model. What better role model you can have other than uh, a family or relative to, um, to steer you in the right direction? There, there's no you know, better role model in my eyes other than a family member. So. Right. And yeah. I'm so glad that you said that, Thomas, because <laughs> you know, my nephews, they're near and dear to my heart. And right. uh, growing up, my nephews, my um, brother's kids, you know, he was always in their lives. But um, one nephew in particular, his mom and dad broke up when he was like two years old. So at that mm -hmm. moment, and, you know, even though dads, they love their kids, but they're not able to be there every second with them. And it right. was a point there where he needed guidance and he needed somebody to help him through life. And that's where I stepped in and really helped raise him. And as well as my father. And today, like you said, he's a college graduate doing very well for himself. So it's like and we've talked about this on the podcast before, where when we see there's a need in our families, we have to get in there and mentor. We have to go in there and do what we're supposed to do as a family member because it's our name. It's our name. and We should have pride in that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But and uh, I, I, I have, I have, I have nephews as well, and mm -hmm. um, some. I mean, they are great young men. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not. I want to. I want to get on here and brag too much, but man, you know, brag! They are great young men. <laughs> They're great young men, and um, and I, I would like this, like to say that uh, without a hundred percent, I think they, they all look up to me. So I thank God for that. And uh, they're not in trouble. They are teenagers, and they're they're doing substantially well. Wow! So it, it it plays a big part when it comes to family, man. It's it's just um, it's just one of those things that uh, you know your family is your is is your safe haven in my eyes. Because you know when 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 you get in the hot seat and you turn around and look behind you, nobody's there but your family. Yeah, that's right. So uh, let's fast forward a little bit um, and let's let's get forward to when Maisha told you that she was expecting a child. First, how old were you and what was your feeling at that moment? Uh, we're, we're talking. Uh, I think I was. Um, 19, I believe. I believe I was 19, 19 or 20 years old. And uh, when she first, when she first told me that, um, I think I was nervous, um, afraid of, um, you know, the, um, you know, the new life coming in and, and, you know, like I said, you, you got to step up and, 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 and do what you're supposed, supposed to be doing as a man and uh, another part came up 
and I talked to this, and I never forget it. I talked to my best friend about it. Is um, you know, ensuring that I always going was going to be a good father to my daughter when she first when she first told me that she was um, expecting. Um, I always said that I was going to be better than my father, you know, better than my, what my father gave me or what my father, you know, showed me. So, like I said, it was it was fear. Uh, it was somewhat of happiness, uh, but you also got to understand at the time, you know, uh, myself and Maisha at the time, we were uh, we were Christian. Uh, I think she still is. She still is Christian, but, um, you know, we wasn't married, mm -hmm. you know, and if you are, um, if, you know, brought up in the Christian family, that's, that's, you know, that's part of, that's part of, um, you know, <laughs> you start having children and stuff, you know, people, your family and things like that start asking questions. Yeah. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of fear. And, um, but uh, I was up for the challenge. I never strayed away from the cha challenge, but it was a lot of fear, a lot of fear. Wow. So um, with those fears, is it like, man, like how, because I, I know you talked about like how your dad wasn't there. You think it was more of a fear of like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to be, quote unquote, a good dad or like, being at 19, and I know, like, me at 19, man, my finances and stuff was straight, you know? So that's another trigger that, you know, I would have had. You know, those some of the things that you were dealing with? Right. You're, you're exactly right. And um, those were some of the challenges that went through my mind. Yeah, I, you're talking, and at the time, you know, I was a wild guy. You know, I was – I just turned – Hey, let me tell you, I just turned um, 18 and 19 and I was I was out there doing my thing, man, exploring what I thought was adulthood. Yeah. You know, having fun. Yeah. You know, playing the field out there in the streets, uh, not literally in the streets when you when talk about criminal behavior, but just out there partying and doing what I want to do. And yeah. then you're talking about having a new child, which. I never ever changed a diaper before. Right. You know, never had to be responsible for feeding a baby or for, you know, for for keeping a child more than 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so that fear resonated within me, um, as well as the other things that I discussed regarding um, you know, being a good dad and and um doing what I was supposed to do. And then, um, so yeah, it was a lot of fear. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. So let's move forward a little bit. Um, you get to the point where you and Maisha are no longer together. At that moment where you guys have came together and said, you know, we're not going to be together anymore. What emotions are you feeling at that time? Oh, at that point, um, I wasn't feeling that at all. Right. <laughs> Just the the co-parent aspect. The um, I wasn't feeling none of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Um, 
that was definitely a challenge for me um, because uh, Maisha was a, a great parent. And then, you know, as I, as I discussed about, um, you know, doing what I want to do and being out there, uh, she was always a good parent and she would always step in where I had a shortfall. So now we're at the point where, okay, I have to do my part, but do my part alone. <laughs> right. Right. So, 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 you know, so when you talk about, you know, how I felt about the co-parent issue, I, I wasn't feeling that at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, because I think it's important. I was to be held responsible. Yeah. Was, you know. I think that's important for us to talk about because I think a lot of times we do hear the woman's side of the story. We hear that, you know, there's a breakup and, you know, I'm having to do this alone. You hear, I mean, we've heard that a lot, but to now hear the father's side on that you're seeing that your family's no longer going to be together and the struggles that you have to go through with that, I think a lot of times it's overlooked in society and about what the man has to go through during that process. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and that's, that's now to, to put this in perspective a little bit, Manuel, I'm 40 years old now. So mm -hmm. we're talking about when that, we're talking about my mindset when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, 21 years of age. So now that we're talking now that, you know, I have this different concept or this different perspective. Now, it's not necessarily uh, reflecting what I thought at that time, mm -hmm. you know. So that time I was a lot younger and I was a lot more arrogant and ego struck and, and so on and so forth. I hadn't had all the life experiences <laughs> that I uh, needed at the time. But, yes, you, you're, you're exactly you're so right about about that. Yes. All right, so let's move a little forward. Um, so not long after you guys break up or decide to go your separate ways, however, um, then Maisha moves on with another man, and that man today is Mario E. So now I'm going to bring Mario into the conversation. Mario, what's that process with you and your wife? Um, when you got first met and stuff, met or you mean? Well, I know, I know, y'all. Okay. You know, met a long yeah. time ago. Okay, uh, playing on the playground <laughs> and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. So, um, for me, you know, when Maisha and I we first started talking, uh, that was the first time I had ever you know, kind of dated someone or even thought about it dating someone who had a kid. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just to, to tell you a little bit more about myself, you know, I know I've discussed this before on a podcast, but I too grew up with a single mother until I was five years old. My biological dad wasn't in my life until uh, much later. My mom married my stepdad when I was five. And then uh, my sister uh, came shortly after that. 
And then I didn't start having a relationship with uh, my biological dad until I was about 11, 12 years old. All right. And so, <clears throat> you know, prior to that, you know, some of the same things Thomas was talking about. Um, I had a really strong relationship with my uncles. You know, they helped guide me from birth until about five when my, my stepdad came in the picture. And even after then and even since then, you know, I can call them now and get plenty of advice from my uncles. You know, if I if I needed a, a you know, a second opinion about something or just want to talk about life, I can go to them, you know. Um, so so for me, even though it was the first time that I had dated someone with kids, I had I, I would say. I wasn't opposed to it because, you know, my love for my mother and she was a single mother and, you know, I had a stepdad. So to me, having a blended family in some type of way, it, it didn't it didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. OK. And so, uh, you know, when Mike and I, you know, we first started talking, um, you know, it was uh, it was it was different, you know, having a kid involved or whatever. But, you know, I can't say that. Um, um, you know, anything bad about, you know, me seeing how she parented and Aja was just the sweetest little girl. I mean, very beautiful. Girl. She was. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, to me, that that's that that was that, those were my thoughts. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't feel some type of way like oh, I'm not going to date her because she got a kid. That's that's not how I looked at that. I, I saw her. Now, let, let me ask you this, though, because I mean, I know we we got a lot of men listening to this. You go in and you talking to a woman that has a kid, bro. Is it pressure from the onset? Like, there's another being involved in this relationship. Like, I need to come correct. Like, if this ain't something I want to do, like, I need to step back. Did you feel that pressure from the beginning or like you were ready for all that responsibility right then? Naively, yes. <laughs> Naively, yes. I, I would say... Uh, I, I didn't, the things that, that were, I didn't know the things that were going to transpire, you know, was getting ready to happen to me. It was just, oh, you know, nice looking girl, you know, she's got a kid, you know, all the dad is around, you know, but it's going to be all good, you know? Yeah. And I, naively, I was thinking that's how it was going to be, you know, um, because I was thinking, you know, just like any other relationship you know they you somebody break up you move on and everything that's i wasn't really thinking the gravity at that time because at that time i'm like you know around the same age thomas is you know 20 21 years old or whatever the case may be and i'm naive to okay they have they had a family you understand what i'm saying yeah and so to me it was just like oh it's any other relationship you know that's the ex or whatever but they have they have a a child that that was going to bond them forever. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? And so I naively was just like, oh, you know, it's going to be all good. You know, I've seen I've seen do before, you know, like yeah. it's all good, but it doesn't always work out like that. So. OK, so Thomas, let's talk about, you know, who you were back then. You know, if you had to describe yourself as who you were back then. How would you describe yourself? Uh, yeah, to, to, to piggyback off of that last question, I, I wasn't willing to make it easy for Mario at all. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah, he 
was gonna have to work for that one. <laughs> so that's, that's you know he's he's playing it nice. No, yeah, but, you know I, I I was I was not willing to make it easy for him. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, but um, but um, but yeah. Um, what was your What was your question again? I'm, I'm saying like. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm, I'm getting to all that. I'm getting to that, and then I'm going to ask you how you felt about knowing that they were together. But, like, first, I kind of want to get this picture in people's heads. What kind of person was Thomas at 20 years old? Well, what kind of person I was at the time? That's, that's well, I, I'm not going to say it's a difficult question um, because um, – well, you know, we've always been brought up in the church or whatever, so we all had some type of spiritual guidance. But at at, at some point uh, around that age, you know, like I said before, I was um, exploring a lot, mm -hmm. and I was um, not only trying to find myself, but trying to find my place in society. You know, um, if you're talking about um, from a career standpoint, early on, I had a very successful career um, early on. And uh, it started with um, working in the Department of Corrections when I was uh, 19. Okay. So, um, you know, you're asking what kind of person I was. OK, I started making a lot more money than my friends. Uh, I had a decent um, and, and, and we're talking about a young man who was brought up, you know, I, I didn't have a silver spoon. Now, my mom made sure me and my siblings had always had a roof over our head. We never had a lights cut off. We always mm -hmm. had something to eat. We always had uh, substantial clothing. But at the same time, we were in poverty and we grew up in poverty. So. Fast forward to that age when I'm making more money and um, I'm feeling myself and I'm going to uh, church less. And, right. uh, alcohol was uh, introduced into my life and, you know, I'm drinking alcohol and I'm, I'm just out there doing doing my thing. The world is, a, you know, it's all about me at that okay. time in my life. Yeah, it's all about me. It's always been family oriented and always and close to my family and I always was a uh, uh, fairly fairly easy easy going person but but yeah I was really really feeling myself at the time and trying to learn who I was okay so now uh, so now things, I, things sped up pretty quickly okay so now I'm, I'm getting a visual of like who you were back then so now we're going to talk about Maisha is now with Mario and they're having a relationship. How are you feeling? How are you approaching this? Uh, with with my arrogance and my ego at the time, I don't like that. You know, I, I you know, a, a newborn child. Um, and and uh, my Isha was a great a great young lady at the time. She was, you know, uh, I mean, I can't say enough about her. As a mother, she was an awesome mother at the time. So now we're introducing someone else uh, into the picture when I thought that I had it my way. I thought things were going my way. And, and that was the only way. But as we know that that's not how life, that's not how life goes. That's not, you know, 
So um, I'm feeling I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling hurt. Uh, I'm feeling betrayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those things run, run, running through my mind at the time because guess what? It's not Thomas World anymore, mm-hmm. right? It's um, it's 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 a new equation added into Thomas World, and I had to um, figure out a way to accept that. But it won't easy. It won't easy at all. So yeah, so you know, a lot of emotions running through my head at the time. And 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 I remind you, again, I was still doing what I wanted to do, you know. And it, it, it you know, but it's it's something that it's something that I can look back on now and and see growth from. But wow. um, but yeah, I, I I was I was hurt. I was hurt by that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think too many times, like you said, it was something that you went through back then and then you grew from it. You know what I'm saying? It's like you became better. I think too often we go through things, we let it hurt us, but then we don't let it make us better. And by you letting it make you better, I think that's the lessons that we learn. And that's great. Now, so we, we, we understand like, okay, this is not just a regular relationship. This is just not a, a boyfriend that's here today and then gone tomorrow. They get married. So now it's a permanent male figure in your daughter's life. Um, at this time, are you trying to figure out who Mario is, how he is? Is he a good person? Like, What's your thoughts? What's your dislikes? What's your frustrations at this point of the time that you know that they are getting married? I, I wasn't happy about that. Um, I, I I didn't know much. You know, I knew Mario, but I didn't know I didn't know him personally. And um, you know, I I like I said again, I I was. Um, I was not too fond of the whole situation period. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was a tough time for me. Uh, and it was definitely a hard thing for me to accept, you know, and uh, just to, just to piggyback to, to show you, to give you an example of how, um, how my emotions were at the time. Uh, and, and, you know, I want to um, rewind a little bit, um, Prior to prior to the um, to their wedding, when her and Maisha, I mean uh, Mario and Maisha was um, together with Asia, and uh, you know I saw them in the parking lot together with my daughter. Um, that that really made me upset, and I acted out. Mm-hmm. I acted out off my emotions because. I was not fond of that whole situation. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling that whole situation. It's not my world anymore. Uh It's not my time anymore. I wanted to, you know, break that up. But Uh um, I acted out and guess what? I paid for that. I paid for that, you know? And unfortunately, uh, you know, I could have, I could have lost everything. Yeah. You know? at the time, you know, my career. And uh, when I acted out, um, 
it made me realize that, you know, this is this is this is serious, you know, and unless I get a grasp of this whole thing and get a grasp of um, Maisha being happy and accepting the fact that, you know, Mario is a part of his family now. I'm going to I'm going to beat myself in the ground and um, it's going to cost me substantially. Yeah. So that was an eye opener for me. So, you know, then then like I said, we fast forward to the to the wedding, you know, and I'm still feeling some way about it. But, you know, it wasn't to the point where I act out or anything like that. But, yeah, I was I was definitely not fond of that whole situation for years, even after the wedding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, OK, so you're hurting at this moment and. Mario really hasn't done anything wrong. Um, Mario, can you go back and, you know, tell us about your take on those events and, you know, when he saw y'all in the parking lot that day? Yeah, I didn't know he was going to bring that up, but, yeah, I, I definitely remember that day. <laughs> I'll, break, I'll break the pain, buddy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh... You know, I, I, I remember tell, that just day. tell your story because, you know, the, the listeners, they don't know, you know, yeah. so just tell how that day went. And yeah. So I remember that day because it was a day when we had um, it was a uh, it was some type of basketball tournament. Yeah. At the um, at the city armory. No, no, at the squire. Yeah. At the squire armory. And, you know, I wasn't thinking nothing to anything, you know. You know, me and my was going to go and, you know, uh, you know, watch the watch the basketball tournament. And then uh, next thing I know, this truck pull up and, you know, and I was like, oh, who was that? I don't know. Again, how I was. It, it was just not I was naive to a lot of things. It was just like, you know, hey, just, you know, but it's I, I never back then. It didn't hit me. I'm, I'm just tell you, Thomas, it didn't hit me how you probably really felt. You know, until like like years later, after Maisha and I got married and, you know, I'm I'm recognizing like, you know, I'm, I'm calling the age of my daughter now, you know, and then my son comes along and I'm like, whoa, you know, I, I can understand some of those emotions that he had. But for me, it was just like, you know, just any old, you know what I mean? Just any old relationship, not like, you know, not like really, really thinking about that, you know, there that was a family. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But um, yeah, so that, you know, like I said, the truck pull up and it was him. You know, he was upset, you know, that, you know, I was there with his daughter. Um, and yeah, that, that's that's how it was. And, you know, I remember I didn't necessarily second guess, like, why am I doing this? But it was like I just didn't understand, like, why the. Why, why, why he upset with me? Like, I ain't done nothing, you know, like, yeah. my thought was like, y'all broke up. Okay. You know, that was, that was just kind of how I was thinking again, again, naive to, to that, you know, those emotions that he had, you know? So. Yeah. Cause I'm just thinking like, I'm a, I'm outside in, but I can identify with how Thomas may have been feeling. You know, I won't know exactly, but just to think that my son is 
with someone else, another guy with my wife in the car, I can see him being frustrated, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So with Thomas telling us his side today, it's really, it's really eye-opening. It's really eye-opening. Um, so Mario, let's go on to, to the wedding. You, you decided that you want to marry Maisha. Right. Tell us about that process. I, I mean, you came to that process and, you know. Yeah, so, so for me, you know, like I said before, my, my mother was a single mom, um, you know, when she first had me. So I, I never, I never would have like looked upon like a woman and like, oh, I'm not going to give her a chance because she has a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Maisha was the first and only lady that I had, you know, talked to who had kids or whatever. But, um, you know, for me, um, I was excited. Um, that, you know, I was going to, you know, officially, you know, be, you know, a stepdad or whatever. And, uh, you know, she was flower girl in our wedding, you know, and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, I just, I just felt like I, I knew how I was. I know how I felt growing up having, you know, I got, you know, my mom's side of the family. I had my stepdad, my stepdad side of the family. And then I had my biological dad side of the family. And I had love from all these different places, you know, and I felt like this was going to be a great opportunity for her to have just like love just coming in from all different areas. You know, that's, that's how kind of how I looked at it from a, from a, from a dad perspective, you know, getting married to Maisha with, with age. And can you talk to some of the dads here that may be going into that situation that you went into? Um, day one, you're, you're a parent. Yeah. What's yeah. that like? Like, there's no quote-unquote honeymoon. Like, I felt like me and my wife, we had a honeymoon for five years. It was just us. Yeah. <laughs> but you go in day one. Day one. And yeah. it ain't about you. It really ain't about my Asia. It's about taking care of Asia. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, when my, my Asia and I, we've joked before, you know, like it's, it's never just been, um, you know, of course, like you go out of town on vacation to certain things alone, but it's never just been like just her and I, you know, and that's, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. That, that hasn't, you know, uh, Give me any type of, you know, negative feelings or whatever. Uh, it's definitely something that I had to, um, I'd say it was an easy adjustment. I, it, I don't know it any other way. I don't know it in the way you're talking about where, yeah. you know, you got, you know, two, three, four, five years of no kids. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> you know? So it's, 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 it's commonplace for me. So I, I don't have any other thing to compare it to. Um, but, uh, being, being a father has been, um, definitely rewarding. I think, um, you're getting to help mold and shape someone else's life and you're getting to be there and mentor and give back and, and all the things that I learned, um, I'm able to help, you know, someone else, you know, even though this someone else at the time is a, is a little girl, 
you know, I'm still able to provide some type of uh, some shelter and some protection and some type of uh, good things into her life is is the way I looked at it. OK, well, let's let's go forward. Um, I think we all know what it feels like to, you know, want to make extra money. We all know what it feels like to want to be progressive in our career and go to the next step. Um, so around 12 years old, Asia's around 12 years old. She's going into, I think, the seventh grade. Um, Mario gets a job opportunity to, you know, make more money. But the only thing about this job opportunity is that it's going to move him and the family to Arizona. Um, Thomas, during this time, can you shed some light on what you were going through? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was a very, very tough time for me. Um, but, you know, uh, and and let me go. Let me let me just go back to the previous incident for a second okay. and, and put it back off of Mario. What Mario said, um, Mario, Mario was a great, a, a great guy, a, amazing guy. And um, I just want to I just I just want to um, let it be known that he was a great guy to not only my issue, but to my daughter as well. So when we're talking about the parking lot incident, so on and so forth, those accidents were based off of my emotions and, and not reflective of, of him or something that he'd done. So I just want to, I just want to clear that up because he touched on it. And I just want to make, make it, make it known that, you know, you know, Mario, Mario was a great, a great, a great guy at the, at the, at the time. And, and uh, those were all based off my emotions. But talking about um, the other way, yeah, I had a amazing relationship with my daughter, and I've maintained it. Born, and um, you know, when it was presented to me, uh, I don't think it was presented in a manner wherein I had him say so or. Um, I don't think it was presented in a, in a manner that, you know, offered, gave me an opportunity to put my input into it, right? If that makes any sense. It was presented, this is what's going to happen, and, and that's that's the bottom line. Now, you're talking about a man that, you know, that, that, that young lady is my world. And we talk about moving her from, you know, where I was across across the country so yes i was very very hurt and upset about that and actually i i shed a lot of tears um behind that when that, that first happened because of uh that you know i felt like that was moving my daughter away from me and i wasn't concerned with at the time you know his career his career goals mice's career goals or what they were trying to do at the, at that time no, I wasn't concerned with that at all. I was just concerned with um, not being able to see my daughter as 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 I uh, much as I could. Now I know at some point, um, at some point, I had moved away myself, and I moved to Richmond from um, from Danville, 
mm-hmm. and um, behind my career goals. So just kind of give you some of the mindset that I had at the time, you know, I wasn't really too concerned about his career goals <laughs> at all. I was just, <laughs> and the crazy thing is, um, and and it's it it is so it, it is it, it's so ironic because as we sit here and talk about these things, guys, so many so many hundreds thousands of guys are dealing with the same issue right now, and right. and don't know how to express themselves in a manner where you know they're not acting out or mid violence or things like that, domestic violence that's going through the same type stuff. That I think a conversation and good communication can uh, solve a lot of these things. But yes, that was very, very hurting for me at the time. Yes, it was. And I and, and again, I I'm a man, and 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 I'm honest. I cried a lot at night behind that behind that happening. So yes, I can imagine. I can imagine. Now, Thomas, you brought up a good point about is so many men that are going through some of the same things that y'all went through. Um, And this is what we're doing this for, so people can see what you all went through and where y'all at now. Y'all can be on the same podcast. Y'all can be on on the same Zoom call together and not arguing and fussing and fighting. It doesn't have to be like that. Now, do you think that it was something that you could have done at that time, or do you think it just took time for you to get to where you are now. I think, I think, man, I think it just took time. I don't think uh, there was nothing I could do. Um, you know, I, I, you know, looking, looking back on it now, I would never ever try to disrupt someone from enhancing their career, you know? And like I said, at the time, they were family. They still are family, but they were family. They were married. And he shared he shared my daughter uh, with me at the time. So it's, I don't think I could have changed anything uh, related to that. Um, it's just something that it just it just happens. Mm-hmm. It, it, it happens a lot more than we think. You know, people find out that, they you know, their career is taking them this place or that place and they share a child in common with someone else and they, they move. And a lot of times the other party don't, don't have a lot of input in it. And if I had my way, my daughter wouldn't have went anywhere. You know what I'm saying? You know, but it's, there was nothing that I could do to prevent that from occurring. And I thank God um, that I didn't try to stop that because um they have a successful family. One, mm-hmm. they, he has a successful career, mm-hmm. and um, it has it has proven to um, um, give him a great life over the years. Yeah, you know. So I, I thank God that I didn't try to stop that. But it's just at the time it was it was something that I I really struggled with. Uh, yeah, because I I mean I just I, sometimes I. I think I mentioned it to my dad and I also mentioned it to my wife. I said, honey, if we broke up today, I was like, you're not staying around here. Like you going back to your hometown. And her hometown is about three hours away from where I live. 
And like that just sometimes if it don't work, man, it's it's inevitable. Not saying that that's y'all case, but like with mine, it's going to happen. You know, she's going to move away. I'm going to be three hours away from my kids. And I'm a father just like you are. And that would crush me, man. It would crush me, you know, going to every other week type of thing, every other weekend. And I'm used to seeing my son every single day. I'm able to hug him before he goes to bed. You know what I'm saying? And for that to be taken away because me and his mom can't make it work or it doesn't work or we decide to go our separate ways, it's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Mario, what are you feeling during that time? Uh, When we moved away? Yes. Um, So I remember um, when... When the opportunity presented itself uh, for for me to uh, move to Arizona, and I remember some people that I worked with, um, and Thomas, you may know of this particular law. I I've, I've heard of it, but um, it, it's something about that um, um, something to the effect of you know you have to have permission from from the biological mother or father to move a child out of state or something like that. I, it may just be a rumor or like just something that people have said. And I don't know, but I remember being asked that by several people, you know, um, um, knowing that, you know, Aja was, you know, my, my stepdaughter that, um, you know, Hey, is this going to be able to be an opportunity you can actually take if uh, the biological father, you know, refused to allow her to leave the state? And, you know, I, I was just kind of like, what? I've never heard of a law like that, you know, and I kind of did a little bit of research. And, you know, after talking to Maisha, you know, and I know she had, you know, spoken with Thomas or whatever and stuff. I was under the impression everything was, you know, all good or whatever and stuff. I do remember um, a couple of my uncles, um, you know, they they asked me about, you know, hey, you sure y'all gonna move over there? Just just in terms of, um, you know, I hadn't. I had I had moved away from home before, but I hadn't been that far away from home. You know, I had moved away from home and I think maybe the furthest I had went was, you know, North Carolina. But I had never moved state states away, you know, and just, um, you know, so no longer being under the uh, umbrella, the protection of, you know, our close family that was in, you know, our area. So, you know, a lot of questions were getting um, peppered of me of uh you sure you up to it you sure you good you know it's it's, it's gonna be different out there and da, da 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 you know and so it was um it was it was something to to be able to move uh you know pack up my family and move them you know uh a, a three days journey away and you know it's just us out there you know no no family no uh no friends uh it was just us and so uh, I think uh, that was the beginning of our family just becoming really, really close knit. Um, you know, we've we've been, you know, after we left Arizona, we moved to Ohio, then we moved to Kansas. And what people always say about us is like, we're always together. And I think that's because when we moved to Arizona, uh, it was just us, mm-hmm. you know, 
And uh, so we became stronger and tighter as a family, I think, during that time. But uh, it was definitely uh, it was definitely a, a, a scary time, if you will, um, because, you know, un- so much uncertainty of, you know, what's going to happen here. And, you know, was this what is this going to be like? Just just not being around everything that was so familiar to us for, you know, our entire lives. Right. Um, Thomas, could you give us some parenting advice? Because you said that, and, you know, I'm outside looking at you, but me and Mario have always been tight. We've always been close. But it was always where you would call her. Y'all always kept a close relationship. How did you maintain that close relationship with her always being in Arizona and you being in Virginia? Um, well, uh, early on, I think the first thing that I'd done was I bought, I bought her a cell phone. I believe it's what it was. And um, um, that was my uh, way to contact her directly. Now, you know, I, I know that may not be an option for everyone because financially some people may not be able to do that but that's that's what i did um um first um i had a long conversation with my mother and you know at the time um because you know my mother and i I go back to this because like i said you know your family your family is what is, is is what keeps you keeps you strong your family and whatever god you worship you know, is what keeps you strong, right? Mm-hmm. So my family and God um, um, was was my go-to. So it took a lot of patience. It took a lot of patience, and it took a lot of strong will to make that happen. Now, I, if if I'm not um, mistaken, when they went to Arizona, I will fly Asia back to. Um, to Richmond. Okay. And that was just one of the things that I was just committed to doing. But, you know, I, I want to say this because everybody don't have the means to do that. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where I, I feel, I really feel like communication is definitely, definitely has to be the key in a situation like this. Um, but I was, I was, um, you know, after talking to my mother, I was, I was eager to make it work, whatever it took, because, um, again, you know, you're talking, you know, I used to eat lunch with my daughter at school. I used to, you know, take her to Long John Silver's every other day. I used to take her to, I, I, I did a lot with her at the time, you know. So you have to, you have to fix in your mind that you're not willing to just like that happen and just stay away from your child. Any way that I can think of, he not have the means like I did at the time. And, um, you know, you got to figure out a way to stay in constant communication with your, with your children. So, I mean, those are just some of the things that I did, you know, 
if and if I had to help some, and it wasn't a lot of uh, Mario. I can't remember what we did in like, like arguing and all that. I don't think we did any any of that. Um, or back and forth. I think um, I I, I just I, I I I'm not gonna shed a negative light, but I just don't remember it being any type of hardship that he placed on me and tried to prevent me from seeing her. I mean, I had, I could see my daughter at any given time, anytime I wanted to, it was never a problem. That that's important too. Cause a lot of guys face situations where the mom don't, you know, let's be real. You know, the mom don't let them see the children or the mom will move them away and they'll keep, keep them from their kids. You know, or the or the stepfather, the stepfather influenced the the mother to do certain things. That's that's what yeah. a lot of guys face now. I didn't have to face those things. You know, I, my I had an open. Yeah, they moved away, but I had an open. Uh, shall I say? I could see my daughter anytime I if I wanted to go to Arizona, I could go and see my daughter anytime I wanted to. If that makes any sense. Yeah, um, Thomas, I I got a question for you. Um, one day, I don't know how you got to it, but you didn't feel any type of way about Mario anymore. What made you want to squash the beef or let bygones be bygones? When did you just get to that point where you were like, you know what, Mario's okay? Um, I don't know if I have an answer for that. Um, to to give you an exact time, uh, exact time. Yeah. Um, but I can I can tell you that my daughter is is a, a lot. Uh, it's a big influence on you know everything that I do in my life because my daughter kind of uh, she kind of keeps me grounded. And um, not only not only that, um, my work experience. And um, my work experience, I've seen years, um, you know, thank God I got, I have, I have four years left, four, well, four wow. and a half years left before I reach retirement. But I've seen so much over the years, so much pain, so much hate. Um, at some point, uh, I, and I don't know when it was, um, it could have been uh, 10 years ago. I, I, I can't give you an exact number, mm -hmm. but at some point, those feelings those feelings went away. Yeah. Those feelings, those feelings of um, hurt and pain and anger, they went away towards Mario. And like I said, now there was a, there was a situation when uh, Aja, uh, she, she came and she said, uh, she said, my dad. And I was like, you know, what the hell are you talking about? I said, uh, <laughs> you, you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was like, "What? What did you say?" And let me tell you something that really opened my eyes. That said, this you know, this guy is not going anywhere. Uh -huh. You know, and um, and uh, I told AJ, I said, "Don't you ever let me hear you say that again." I said, "You got one father." You hear me? Uh -huh. And um, but I grew from that. Right. And, and, and um, you have to you have to be able to at some point say, you know, here's what it is. You can accept this or her. Man, you're going to get left behind. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> These folks are moving forward. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So at some point in my life, yes, I accepted it. And then agent was a big part of that. Cause I and I'm and I'm gonna be honest with you, agent didn't let me talk bad about Mario or her mother. Right. Yeah, without a question. You know, I would try to I would try to make a comment. No, she won't have that. Yeah. You no. Know, she 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 stopped me. So, you know, like I said, a lot of my growth comes from her, you know. And, and, you know, and I know a lot of these people that's going to be listening to this podcast don't know her personally, but she's an amazing child. She's very mature and she's uh, a great listener. And the conversations yeah. that we've had over the years are, are some of the most lasting conversations that I can ever remember. And, and like I said, she kept me grounded and I can't put a, I can't put a time frame on it on when it occurred, but yes, at some point, uh, those feelings and emotions uh, is, is left. It's, it's kind of like the thing when I think about my mom, and, you know, and, you know, they said, you know, time will heal all wounds. You know, mm-hmm. I love my mom to death, you know. And so when my mom passed away, I didn't know how in the world I was going to get over that situation. Yeah. And at some point, even now, you know, I still lay, lay at night and cry and think about my mom. Sometimes I'm going to work, think about my mom. But it's not to the point where it's unmanageable. And, yeah. and, and you know, it's kind of like the same situation. At some point in your life, you know, you grow and you, you move past things. And that's and that's that's what happened with me when it comes to Mario. But like I said before, Mario never done anything wrong to me, to my daughter or to, you know, Maisha for the for the most part. And, you know, he's a great guy. So. Do you think, Thomas, that it was that common ground that y'all had, that love that y'all had for Asia? Do you think that I, that helped you get past it as well? I really do. I, I really do. I really do. And, you know, a lot of guys that's listening, you know, it's not about you. It's about providing a better life for someone you know, that's a child. But yeah, they, the, the common love that we share for for our daughter, yeah, it was it was very very important um, to grow, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Mario, um, Thomas has said that you you didn't really do anything, but um, I mean, we're just gonna be real. We we men here. How do you feel about somebody beefing with you and you don't have you don't have nothing against them, like? How how were you feeling? Like, did you have a, a serious dislike for Thomas? And then after a while, you just like, when when were you able to really just let everything go and say, you know, we all right? I can't say I dislike Thomas, but it was, you know how, like, when you know you got tension with someone and, like, you really don't know why. And so, you know, you just kind of, you know, to help protect yourself, you know, you just try to develop, you know, just a callus for it. Just like, oh, well, whatever, you know. And so it, that was kind of how it was. You know, I don't I didn't I didn't dislike him. I just didn't understand why he didn't like me. But, you know, like I said before, man, it's like looking on it now. I mean, looking on this, there was stuff that happened, you know, 18 years ago or whatever. I mean, I, I, I've said it before and I was naive to a lot of things. You know, um, me being a father now, 
you know, had I been a father then, you know, like if I brought a kid into the relationship with Maisha, I probably would have moved different with Thomas. You know, I probably wouldn't have done certain things, you know, I, and not saying that I did anything out of arrogance or whatever to intentionally do something. But I, I probably I know I would have looked at it different, you know, and I know he said I didn't do anything. But it's, it's almost like when I'm listening to him talk and I think back on it, you know, I just I don't think I was I. I I didn't have any clue of what I was stepping into, you know, and so I, I just I moved in a way that was probably just like, oh, whatever, you know, it's it's all good and not really taking into account, you know, his feelings and how he was feeling about things, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. And, and just going off of what both of you are saying, you guys were never at the point of having beef with each other that you guys were ready to start throwing hands and start fighting or, or yelling or fussing or anything like that. But the tension that you guys had was like, you could cut a knife with it. Why? So let me get this clear. You guys were not cordial for like 18 years. He, I remember like he would come into the room or like he would drop age off and I would see him and I know he would see me and it would be no conversation. No, no no speaking, no any of that. Yeah. For 18 years. No, no, he saw me, but I didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, what's up, man? No. It was none of that. Man, did you see the Eagles play? Like, no, no. It was none of that. Like, give me it my child, I'm out. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I remember the first time that he said something to me, and I was like, "Okay, because we uh, we this was uh, it was one of our trips that we had came back home to visit, and we were in the mall in Greensboro, and I remember he saw me and he reached out his hand to shake my hand. It was like, "What's up with this?" You know, I just kind of what it was I was thinking, you know, so. But yeah, so I could, I could see it in his—I could see it in his face. He was uncomfortable with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like is this a trick or something? You trying to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know he—he he said it before. Yeah, you know, as yeah, far no, you know, there, wasn't, there wasn't no. Oh, go ahead, Thomas. Well, I—I I was just going to piggyback off Manuel. I mean, there was no um, court be being cordial or anything like that um, for the most part. Now, I, I think we kind of avoided, I think we kind of avoided the whole situation by not communicating at all, period. Yeah. You know, not communicating at all. Everything that um, involving Asia, you know, I talked to her mom. I, yeah. you know, we didn't communicate at all. Didn't even speak to one another, you know, which is, which is, is troubling. But, yeah. but, you know, thank God, you know, we, we were able to get past that, you know. Yeah. Thomas, do you think it was best for him during those years that you were in pain or hurting? Do you think it was best for him to do what he did and not say anything? I think. Um, I think I think if we had had a conversation early on, I would accept things a lot more, mm -hmm. uh, but we never talked. We never, um, like I said, we never communicated. And um, 
I, I think I, I, I'm almost certain, you know, if we had a sit down and talk, we, we, we would have been a lot, a lot better, a lot earlier, uh, earlier on um, than it took all those years, mm-hmm. you know. Because you know what, Thomas, the funny thing is, I was talking to my wife and we was talking about um, some friends that we have in common. And um, it was something similar to that, similar to this situation. And I think one of the fathers wanted to talk to the biological father. I think the stepfather wanted to talk, sit down and talk with him. And um, the mother was just like, no, it's not going to end well. It's not going in with. So I can see that being like a really uncharted territory to go across, mm-hmm. not really knowing where that person's mindset is at. Um, but yeah, it, it was a it was a stepfather that wanted to do that, but he was he's older. He's an older guy. So he's taking he's taking your approach and your advice to, hey, we need to sit down like men and talk about this thing. And I, I do. I think that that's good advice. You just have to be at that right place in life to have that conversation. And looking back on that, Tremaine, that's probably something that um, and I, I've said this before to Maisha, you know, especially recently that, you know, that's something that, you know, I should have probably tried to initiate. I mean, I know my thinking at the time is that he probably didn't want to hear it. So I was just probably like, nah, ain't no need to say nothing. But I didn't try, though. So, I mean, you know, right. I got to take that one, you know. Right. Uh, Thomas, how do you describe your style as a dad? Um, you know, your conversation. What's some advice, you know, that you could give with just dealing with your child and how to be a good father? Well, the, the biggest thing. Uh, in my opinion, uh, and, and I could just relate this to myself and Asia, is one, compassion, and two, be a listener. Okay. And uh, listen, listen, listen to your children when they talk. Listen to, you know, what they say and how they say things. And children will tell you everything you need to know. Um, being a great dad, it comes second nature because, like I said, I, I took the traits on from my mom, what my mom taught me what my mom uh, instilled in me, the importance of being a man and so on and so forth. So that didn't, that didn't, that wasn't hard. It was just being a great listener. Mm-hmm. And at times uh, I felt like um, sometimes, you know, my job kind of made me unapproachable sometimes. Uh-huh. And I had to scale back um, from being so direct because Adrian, she's, it, she's very sensitive and, um, you know, she would, let me tell you, she anything that hurt her, she would you'll know about it. So she's a very, very sensitive young lady. So I had to, as far as being direct, I had to leave that type stuff at work. And sometimes I came off wrong even with her. And I had to question her. Maybe I shouldn't have said that to her in that manner. Um, but your children will tell you everything you need to know. So if you you're a great listener, if you're a great listener. And um, you go with your heart and what your what your upbringing taught you. Uh, you will you'll be a great parent. Yeah. So, Thomas, what I'm I'm hearing is like you pay attention to detail. Is this something that you gain from your profession? 
Because I know you have a lot of conversations on your profession and you got to listen to what people say, right. not necessarily what they're telling you. Did you right. did you get that a lot there from your profession? A lot of it came from my profession, yes. A lot of um, over the years, um, seeing and different behaviors and different emotions, things like that, and different situations, how to handle different si certain situations, and uh, picking up on those cues, those uh, nonverbal body language, and so on and so forth is very important, right. especially um, when you're communicating. When you're communicating, you have to look, look and listen to the message that's being communicated to you. And that will, that will, you know, train your mind to, to pick up on um, those nonverbal cues, so on and so forth. So, so yeah, my profession definitely helped out uh, tremendously, tremendously. And um, uh, it, it still is happening, you know, uh, I'm close to the end of the road of my career, but yeah, it's, it's still, it's still pivotal and um, um, effective communication. Right, right. Definitely an advocate for communicating with your kids and listening to what they say. That's great advice. Mario, what do you look at, how do you describe your style as a stepfather? Because like, the first thing I'm thinking about is like, you can't come into the door trying to be dad off the bat. Mm -hmm. You kind of got to play your position. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of give us some insight on how you stepped into this fatherly role? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I think back to, you know, when when Thomas was talking and, you know, he, he said that, you know, I guess Aja had, had said dad referring to me about to him one time. And I I remember, you know, in those in those especially those early years. Um, I could always tell if Aja was on the phone with him, if I heard her saying Mario, you know, mm -hmm. and I never said anything to her about it. You know, I just, I just, you know, I knew that was something that, that, you know, at the time, um, he, he didn't want her to say that. And I never corrected her on that. I mean, that's, that's their relationship. Um, that's the way I looked at it. And, you know, um, you know, her and I, we had our relationship, you know, and um, I, just, I just remember that, you know, I remember that and um, uh, just a couple other little things, you know, little, little things like that. And, you know, uh, or when um, when she would come from, you know, over his house, you know, like for the first day or so, she called me Mario again. you know, <laughs> And so it was just, you know, little, little things like that, you know. So definitely she was listening to you, Thomas, for sure, you know, <laughs> but, um, you know, as, as far as for me, um, you know, I never looked at it like, you know, I'm trying to take Thomas's place or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, he talked about listening and I had a feeling you were going to ask me the similar question, but for me, it was just always just trying to make sure I was there for her by listening, you know, um, you know, I, I I knew they share a bond that, you know, that I can't touch, you know, and it, it is not about me trying to compete with him or anything like that. To me, um, you know, I know she's got enough love in her heart to love plenty of people. And, you know, I just, you know, try to, you know, be there for her when she needs me, you know. Um, and that the number one thing there was just 
just being a, a good listener for her and helping give her advice, you know, when she needs certain things. So to me, it was, it was all about listening. That's, that's the approach that I took being uh, the stepfather. Good. Good. Thomas, um, what advice would you give to dads who might be in a similar situation like what you, Mario and Maisha have done as far as co-parenting over the years? Okay. Um, I, I, I want to piggyback off of this. Um, I, I will come back to that in one second. Okay. Um, but um, we, we just all learned a valuable lesson uh, a few minutes ago when Mario was speaking. And that valuable lesson was um, how Aja will try to please both sides and separate from one side to the next, mm -hmm. right? Right. That I'm sure had a lasting impact on her as a child. And I want people to understand that you have to be willing to accept things. Now at the time I wasn't willing to accept that, but this lesson that just, just came upon us is how my daughter would have to adjust her behaviors around me and then change those behaviors around Mario, right? That's not right, mm -hmm. okay? It's not right for a child to be placed in that situation. Good. Now, yeah, I just want to let everybody know that you have to find a way to do what's best for the child and not your own personal feelings on what you would think that, you know, you, you, you know, kids, let me tell you something. Kids are some of the most loving creatures. They don't see color. They don't see none of that stuff. They're taught those behaviors. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't pit your child against one person over the other. Don't put your children in that situation. That's what I would that's, you know, that, that lesson. I'm sorry, I just had to come back to that because I wanted to. You good? I, I wanted to clear that up. You know, now those were my feelings at the time. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want her to call him dad because of my own feelings. Yeah, yeah, I'm your dad, so on and so forth. But it's okay for someone else to love your child. It's okay for somebody else to, you know, take care of your child. It's okay for somebody else to buy your child nice things or to provide for you. That's, that's perfectly fine. Don't put the children, don't get the children uh, involved in that type of stuff, trying to split one side over the next. Mm -hmm. So, and, and also, I guess that, that can come in, in with, your, with your question about the advice. That's the number one most important advice that I can give to dads that is facing this situation is to recognize what's most important for your child. And let that guide you in your decision making when it comes to the child. And if your child is not being hurt or um, they're not being put into a vulnerable situation where you're not around, mm -hmm. figure out a way to cope and to learn how to release those stressors in a different manner rather than lashing out. Accept things. 
as they are and try to find a way to move past things that you can't change. Something that you can't change. There's no need to continue to worry about and cause yourself so much harm and so much stress about something you can't change. Mm. You decide to move on and you can't change that and your children are involved in that, unless those children are being mistreated, go get counseling, whatever you need to do to move past that. And then, like I said, a lot of, you know, and, and I don't take up too much time, but no, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of us, um, you know, African-Americans, we don't, and I think counseling will, will help in a lot of these situations or talking to someone, yep. talking it out. Yep. So, um, that, that's my biggest advice that I can give. Awesome. Awesome. Mario, did you have anything else before we leave? Um, you know, I just, I just appreciate everything, you know, uh, Thomas said, um, and, you know, I know we've mentioned this, you know, off camera, but, you know, if you had told me 18 years ago, we'd be sitting across from each other, you know, having discussions like this, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> There's no way I would have believed you. you know? And I just, yeah, I just, I just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see his growth. I'm glad for my growth. Um, I'm glad that we can um, come here together and, you know, just drop some knowledge on, um, you know, other families, other dads who may be in a similar situation, um, you know, and just help somebody else. You know, um, I, I, we all go through things that maybe help the next generation or help someone else so that it's easier for them. You know, and I, I hope that what we've done here today has done that, you know, and that's all because of, you know, we're here sitting here today, I think, you know, a by the because of grace of God and, you know, because of our love for aging. You know, and right. so uh yeah, I just I just appreciate him. Yep. Awesome. awesome. Well well, I I think this was great. I think it was awesome for to be our first guest. Thomas, we thank you for coming on to the show. Um, it was just awesome. You dropped so many gems and it was, a, it was really an eye-opening experience because like I said, I saw it, but I was just I was outside in. I, I I didn't have a clue on what you all were going through. But, you know, to give us your insight and Mario, you giving us yours. And like I said, you guys coming together and do the best thing for the child. That's what's important. Um, so we thank you, Thomas, again, for coming on the show. Um, guys, we want you guys to like, share, comment, and subscribe to the Dad Roots podcast. You got Mario E and Kid and Thomas, and we're signing out. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. All right. All right. Thank you for listening to the Dad Rules Podcast with your host, Mario E and Kid. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, follow and like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Breaker, and Player FM. Till next time.